This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Daniel Prue, sitting in the center chair this week, and joining me as always are my two co-hosts. On my left this week is Ensign Philip. Philip, I'm going to have to ask you to remove your earring. Dress code is very strict here on the Enterprise. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, were you saying something? I was just playing this new game that uh, Darren brought. Um, this is so cool. <sighs> hey, pay attention. P- pay attention and take your earring off. Okay, we're going to stop that right there. All right, uh, and that's uh, uh, that's Ensign Philip. He won't be joining us for the rest of the show, uh, you know. But uh, uh, joining me on my right uh, is, I-, I think they're calling you one of three, uh, Darren Moser. Uh, I mean, I know sometimes you wear a stormtrooper suit, Darren, but how are you feeling about your individuality at this point? Well, it's very strange you letting me back on the bridge, Daniel. I mean, I've been confined to the brig for, like, (laughs) since we recorded our last episode. I mean, just because of that last time, you know, we met, it didn't go that bad. You didn't have to, you know, just leave me in the brig since then. I mean, that's, you know, that's racist, Daniel. Just because my people, you know, tried to uh, assimilate you, you know, you can't hold that against me. But uh, yeah, I, but if you want, uh, if you want, I can take this package to them. That's no problem. I'll just uh, d- <laughs> deliver it. Uh, no, no, no problem at all. Yeah, just don't open it before you get there. Okay. Oh, I okay, promise. okay. I won't. I won't. Okay. Uh, of course, we we do these silly things, and no one can tell what we're talking about. But this week, we're gonna do uh, another season overview, guys. You know, I was I was struggling with which episodes to joke about there, and I really wanted to make some sort of a joke with. Darren and Philip at Tanagra, but I couldn't make it happen. <laughs> um, but yes, we're talking season five, guys. Uh, this is the season that aired from the 1991 to 1992. Uh, the season of Gene Roddenberry's death. He, he died, unfortunately, during this time. But this is a pretty monumental season of Star Trek. One interesting bit of trivia I read was that this is the... the uh, up until 1999, and a whole seven seasons later, this is the uh, the last season of Star Trek to premiere on its own, of course, because after this we get Deep Space Nine, and then we also get Voyager. But this is an interesting time in Star Trek history. This is like kind of right before the explosion of Star Trek that, that we, we kind of associate with the 90s. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just hitting its, you know, starting to really hit its stride, and it's an interesting time in TNG's history, I think, as well. And we talked about season three and season four before, uh, which I think are amazing seasons of Star Trek. And I think sometimes people lump three, four, and five together. I do that. Um, but what do you guys think? Uh, Darren, season five, does anything pop in your head as soon as I say season five? Oh, just, it was it was really good. I mean... Like when we, like you said, when we started covering season three, I mean, there were so many good episodes, and and as we get to season four and even five, it's it's just hard to find a bad one in the bunch. There, you can take something good away from almost every episode of this season, uh, so it's really hard to not dive into every episode. But in in the big picture, I think Philip said it best as we were talking uh, beforehand. Just there's a lot of like epicness to this season you have a lot of two-parters a lot of mid-season two-parters uh you know and just or or not even you know just that epic feeling of continuity and a lot of a lot is going on with the Klingons I mean just to just to, to the point you start with the end of the Klingon civil war 
which in itself was a great two-parter, Redemption 2. And you end with Data getting thrown 500 years back in time. You know, Daniel's favorite episode. But, uh, hey, what, but what no, time it, was that, do you say? <laughs> hey, hey, I, I want to see Data, you know, interacting you know, lifting up heavy iron things. I mean, that's great. It's, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to lose in that episode. Look, but, it's Goldicott's uh, second appearance in Star Trek is in time zero. <laughs> so that's, that's what I remember about the episode, but no, but it's, <laughs> it's uh but it's a great season overall. A lot of fun episodes. The cast is really settled into their characters and, you know, we add new faces. It's, it's a great season overall. You could watch it back to back instantly yeah i mean i couldn't agree with more i mean i know you know philip that darren just stole a little bit of your thunder there with the epicness idea but but overall how do you feel about season i mean five? if i could use a word epic don't i mean um well because what i think what i was meaning is that to me i mean to, i'll just use another word um because i know epic is kind of overused these days but i'll say experimental you know, because like three, and you know, I don't know, this is my opinion. I won't include y'all, but I think you're on the same page. But like thir- third season is like, I think they were doing great, but nobody was really noticing. And like they finally noticed in three. And then the fourth season, they're like, see, guys are awesome. And they just keep doing it. And fourth season's awesome. I think fifth season, they're like, we are established. You know, we are we're running on all four wheels or all two nacelles, if you will. Um, and like, let's just try some weird, different stuff. And so, I mean, you have, let's bring in Spock. Let's do an episode where nobody knows what the alien is saying. Let's let, look. Let's do an episode where we live the same, you know, um, four hours fifteen times. They're like, that sounds crazy. We're gonna try it, you know. Or let's bring back the Borg, or let's you know, go back in time, or let's go to Starfleet Academy, or let's have a genderless alien species. Like it's a lot, and some some of these things may maybe actually don't work. But to me, there's a whole lot more experimentation this season of, like, we can afford to write the big checks now. We, we got the money in the bank. So, I mean, like, even Silicon Avatar, but a lot of special effects in that one. But, I mean, I won't – I'm not going through everything here, I know. But, I mean, to me, there's just a whole lot of more – they're not afraid this season. Sometimes it works. I think most of the time it does work. But they're just not afraid to try whatever they want this season. Yeah, I think that actually made me think of the the fact that – in season five, the end is not in sight yet. I mean, they're they're pretty confident there's going to be a season six. You know, it, I think seeing your own end definitely has a big effect on on what kind of stories you're or what kind of risks you're willing to take. So season five, just like you said, Philip, you're off of this high of season three and four proving yourself. And so, yeah, you're taking more risks. You're you know, you're, I mean, like, like you said, like Darmok, where we, there's no, no universal translator. Uh, and, you know, Hoshi's long dead, so she can't <laughs> help us. So, you know, they have to figure this out. And, uh, and yeah, we get some, some of the best Star Trek around is in season five. I mean, even the, um, like, Inner Light, like, we're, so this whole episode is not going to be in the Enterprise. Well, okay, was the rest of the crew there? Nope, just Patrick. Just John Luke. <laughs> that's okay. I mean, like to me, that's a whole like. You know, and we're were... actually going to be really wrong with what he looks like when he's that old, <laughs> but we don't even know it yet. But, <laughs> but like to me, to me, a lot of it left field stuff, and I so I think, and and I was actually thinking like, oh, season five, this is probably the season where you know things probably aren't going. Nope, nope. This is pretty much just just as good as all the other seasons. I will three and four. Um, so. You know, and and at this point, I mean, Star Trek is really on a high, right? Like, they've established themselves in in season three and four, like we've mentioned, and you know, they're they're a powerhouse at this point. They're one of the most popular shows on television in the early '90s at this point, and they're just they're hitting it out of the ball, you know, out of the park at this point. It's it's stop crazy. making DS9 metaphors. No, no, okay. no, no. I know. I'm sorry. This isn't the ballpark in the holodeck, Darren. This is the ballpark in oh. my mind. <laughs> How many games have See, you played, Philip? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, guys. So then let's let's dive in. Let's dissect a little bit here. Let's talk about some new stuff we get. And the rest of this episode is now going to be dedicated to Ensign Rowe. <laughs> guys, we get Ensign Rowe in season five. All right, yes, yeah, this is great. She starts right away in season or in episode three. Excuse me. And uh, you know we get her sprinkled, uh, you know, conservatively throughout the rest of the season. But, um, yeah, like a, this is a major cast member we get. Um, not as major as I would like. 
But this you is, mean, you know, this is a your scene. major. <laughs> exactly. Um, but you know, we, you know, we lost. We didn't lose, but uh, you know, young Ensign Crusher decided to go to Starfleet. Academy. We've lost Ensign Crusher, guys. Who saw last? <laughs> Beverly? Did you? Well, no, you never seen him. Who else saw? <laughs> but you know, this is the first attempt, and probably the only strong attempt at a uh, you know a halfway consistent con officer. Um, but you know, of course, I mean, Ensign Rowe sets up everything. Ensign Rowe is the catalyst for both Deep Space Nine and, and Voyager. I'm sorry, that's what I, I said. It. It's true. Uh, everything about her is is just sets up the, the rest of and opinions Trek, of huh? Daniel Prude do not reflect all of these opinions. <laughs> all Rowe, lead to Rowe. But no, but seriously, um, she is a she is a pretty significant character, and and um, you know, we've talked about it. We had a whole episode about Ensign Rowe, uh, but you know. It's a big. It's a cast change. Uh, it's something different than Wesley for sure, um, and another strong female presence on the crew. Uh, you know, just briefly touch on. I guess that's that's probably the only major cast change we get in this season. But you guys, how you feel about that? Well, I think in in some ways, and I'll just speak for myself. I don't I don't know how people regard and not positive or negatively, but I mean, like to me, when you think season five, like she is. This doesn't sound stupid, but she's in a lot of episodes. I mean, like, there's Roe is like featured. It's not just like she's sitting there at the con. Like, I mean, um, uh, it's not the greatest episode, but uh, the next phase is basically her um, disaster. She plays disaster. a large part. Um, uh, conundrum, very, very good part for her, and a bunch of others. So, I mean, like, to me, it's not just like Ensign Roe will put her up there and then, you know, she'll disappear. But, I mean, like, season five, like, you know, Michelle Forbes earned her pay that year, um, definitely. So, and it was funny, uh, Daniel shared with us the uh, Blu-ray trailer for season five. And it's like, you know, Bajoran Ensign, you know, Spock, and even Wesley. (laughs) (laughs) I do love how they make fun of Wesley in that trailer. (laughs) Because it's like he's saying it so, like, slapsticky and stupid, like, and even Wesley's (laughs) (laughs) Well, Wheaton's there going, great guys, let it go, come on. But yeah, and and like Daniel said, you know, they they're using this to set up a lot of DS9. I mean, not just her character, but you know, they they're smart. They're starting to put these little pieces, but they're hinting at it. They're not like, well, these last 5 episodes of this series have to like catapult this. No. You know, they it's going to stand on its own, but they really start to weave into this new era of Two Trek shows at the same time. We've never had that before, and that's coming right around the corner. Two Trek shows. <laughs> it's okay, Mister Worf. It's okay. See, it's just like Mister Worf. He's trying to get from one bridge to the, you know, Worf and two ops. Trek shows. <laughs> I just picture him like struggling at the door, and he like walks from the TNG bridge, and then when he gets to the other to side, the it's like on DS Nine. <laughs> Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. How great of a callback would it have been in first contact if Worf gets beamed onto the Enterprise E bridge and he freaks out because he just went from bridge to bridge and he just can't handle that transition? <laughs> Two bridge. He's like, Two bridges. He's like, he's like, where, where's my horseshoe, guys? Guys, where's? He's like, Do Worf, you were here. You were here with the, with the. Oh, I thought that was just a bad dream, <laughs> destroying the Enterprise. No, the past two seasons of your DS9 experience weren't a nightmare. It w- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. Um, no, I'm but, actually about to start. But, that. but anyway, but season five. But look, it was just a matter of time it, before. Uh, uh, here we go again. <laughs> but no, no, no. It's not the only thing, guys. And I think we. I can speak for all of us. Uh, when I say we get the awesome overcoat for oh, Picard and Darmok, yes. right? Jacket. With the great blue gray undershirt. That is our green wraparound tunic that yes. Kirk gets yes. in TOS, right? That's well, our version of it. And it's smart because he gets two com badges. I mean, if the bad guys were ever to take away the one, they may not know there's that other one right under. Because every time he just takes it off, it's right there. We Are never see saying- him move it. Are you saying Captain Picard is so galaxy class that his uniform can do a saucer separation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, he, he's in his, his ready room and he says, Mr. Riker, please report to my ready room. And then he makes Riker put the jacket on his him manual. Annually. <laughs> and he turns around and says, 
That was a fairly routine maneuver, but you handled it I was well. Like, I need you to manually redock me with my captain's jacket number one. Oh, this is a test. And Riker just got this weird look on his face, like, "Sir, are you are you okay, sir?" And then Data's like comes out later, like, "Sir, you did that without automation." This might be the. This might be the. Um, and I, I'm just spitballing here. I, I have no idea if this is true or not. But this might be the genesis of the kind of darker blue gray tone oh. underneath genesis? of the colored tunic that we get in Deep Space Nine and Voyager and 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 Generations and Are all that. Are you saying that. Picard's so, a trendsetter? I don't know. He, well, you know. Well, man, I mean, he, when he had that awesome like. Uh, captain's vest he gets in like first contact which looks awesome yeah. mm-hmm. it does look awesome and uh one last thing uh which is is not a new thing to star trek but certainly a new thing to us i did and i and we'll talk about this i'm sure again but uh you know we get another returning favorite we get uh, arguably the best returning favorite we get spock uh in unification right the the biggest event of season five for sure and uh, we kill Sarek. <laughs> and Sarek dies. You know what? That is just as significant of a moment, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, in some I mean, I, obviously, obviously. But in some ways, that really bridges the generation. I mean, like the death of the father and the return of the son. I mean, that's basically saying, yeah, we're, we're continuing the TOS story, <laughs> you know, so. I remember in rewatching Unification, it's just Leonard Nimoy just picks up the role like he's just putting back on a pair of shoes. Like it's so, it seems so effortless that he's just right back in that role and he does it so well. Well, and I loved how, and I don't think I appreciated it maybe the first time. Of course, I was probably like 10 or 11, so obviously. But like I don't think I appreciated it the first time. Too uncultured teenager. Yeah, I know. Or third time. <laughs> that how much Unification is a sequel to Star Trek VI. Um,. Because it's mm. the whole, like, cowboy diplomacy, you know, the last time, you know, people got, you know, ha- had to suffer and all this stuff. So that's why I'm doing this on my own. That it's just a direct sequel to Star Trek VI for Spock that you actually see his character development um, of, of how he approaches things now. And that he's t- taking more risk, being more Kirk-like, if you will, because of his actions, you know, harmed, in his mind at least, harmed people in Star Trek VI of when he was trying to do diplomacy with the Klingons. I just say, and we learn... That data can completely realistically be made to look like a Romulan, but <laughs> but not a human. I mean, that's just we, we just don't have the technologies. You know, yet, it's absurd. Know. It's, it's, really, it's absurd. Well, I mean, we could probably give him human ears, but they would look a little weird with his his gold skin. Well, it's them. hard because they are attached and built into his structure. <laughs> but actually, you know, you know, this the whole Spock thing is really interesting too. So. Um, a little bit of trivia here, if you guys didn't know. I'm sure you did, but maybe some of our listeners don't. Uh, Star Trek VI was released at the same time, during this time, during season uh, five. And uh, it is really interesting if you go back and watch Star Trek VI and see Spock in Unification. And then, now we're retconning it technically, but let's do it anyways. And then see Spock in 2009. And I actually think... I don't know if his transition would have worked very well without unification. Mm. I mean, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Granted, of co- it would have been like, I mean, it's a why Roman is story, Spock back? But yeah, right, that right. makes sense. But it's like, it, you know, that, I mean, it's such a good, I don't know. It, to me, it makes so much sense for that character that we get to see him at these different time periods of his life. Uh, you know, it, I don't know how, I don't think 2009 would have been nearly as effective with the Spock character if, if we didn't have unification. Yeah, yeah. No, I can definitely see that. And, of course, Daniel doesn't want to mention it to everyone because he's so enthusiastic about the return of Sela in unification. I know I don't know. you don't want to mention it, but I'm going to do it for you. I mean, I know you got enough in redemption, but you're like, maybe one more, maybe. And then unification, there she is again. So, <sighs> Well, that's a good segue, Philip, into our next segment. So that's, that's kind of the new stuff we get in Season 5. Let's talk about some returning favorites that we have, right? Um, so Wesley comes back twice. Uh, we get him in the game, uh, which uh, you know, I you know, how can you mention the game? <laughs> I like how you're automatically apologizing before you the game. Look, we know, we know, we know, <laughs> <laughs> and we also get Wesley in the first duty as well. 
Um, I mean, how can you mention the game though without mentioning you know Chris's favorite character? Well, no, I wa- I was mentioning it without mentioning it, but I mean, I, I guess we'll just we'll just explicitly say yes, Chris Ensign Leffler, Ensign Leffler. Uh, in the game, um, and then of course we get Wesley in the first duty. Um, uh, so two two actually, I think really sh- sh- well, especially the first duty, of course, but but both episodes really strong returning for Will Wheaton. Um, so, right, guys, like, in season five, we get him twice. That means he's going to show up fairly regularly, right? Isn't that what that means for the rest of the, sh- of the series? Or they're going to kill him off. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it could mean either way. Yeah, it goes, it goes. Uh... Yeah, and, of course, we also debut Tom Paris. Tom Paris. So, season five of TNG, obviously, his character would go beyond. I mean, that's what his friends um, call him, Tom Paris. He's got a whole other name for his friends. Yeah, Everyone else, reasons. like, his legal, his yeah, legal name, you know. It's. I think. I think Tom Paris is actually his prison name. Oh, oh. oh god! <laughs> yeah. So the 24th know, century uh, Tom is like super thug. <laughs> I'm Tom <laughs> Paris. Have you ever it s- is in New Zealand. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. If, yeah, that's true. If you guys are familiar with The Office, um, Michael Scott has a character he calls Prison Mike, and uh, I think Tom Paris is like the Prison Mike version of uh, oh, gosh. Nick Lacarno. <laughs> prison. So. Uh, well, we get to see Starfleet Academy for the first time, yes, like ever, exactly. really. I mean, it was never in in the TUS movies, right? No, I mean, but so this first first time we ever see Starfleet Academy at all. So, I mean, I think that's a, definitely a cool thing. But uh, you know, other than Sela, which we already kind of half mentioned, and that was enough for the rest <laughs> whoa, 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 of the episode. Whoa, whoa. Half mentioned? Is that a slur, Daniel? <laughs> <laughs> this is a return of a of a, a major cast member. He he was he was a cast member for three and a half seasons kind of um and he's he's back now so um you guys like wesley returning uh, are you not a fan of wesley returning well i thought the i don't know the game i mean i'm not it's not as bad as i'm making it out to be. it's not that bad it's just not that great obviously um i mean i i thought his return and i think we talked about this before but I think the the game his return was like oh it's Wesley I'm like like it's not that big of a deal I'm not that happy as the crew is I mean I'm just regular happy but like to me the first duty I love that one because I mean we sort of go to Wesley instead of him coming to us right which maybe doesn't make as much sense but like going to Starfleet Academy I mean that could always be if if we wanted to go like in, in like season seven back to Starfleet Academy to his graduation which would have made sense um and you know but so to me that's to see get his perspective of his character growth of being back on earth or academy or whatever. And to see that, that spot of, of Starfleet in the Federation. When they graduate, do they take their pips from one side and then put them on the other? Is that the, is that the transition? (laughs) Well, well, speaking of characters, we don't see, I'm scanning over this list and unless I'm wrong, there's no Q episode in this season. Oh, wait, wait, what about uh, Q Borg? Did that not count? Or, no, oh, no, that's Iborg. Oh. We weren't quite that far down the alphabet yet. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, and actually, uh, you guys can correct me as well. Also, scanning over this list, I don't believe there is a holodeck malfunction episode in this season. I... Oh, there's got to be one. I mean, <laughs> We're now scouring. I don't think there. <laughs> I want you guys to double check my work here, but I don't think there is. Uh, you, uh, you may Imaginary be right, friend. Uh, yeah, Who I think knows? you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't. I don't see one. Like, there's not even that much use of the holodeck. I, like, there's the perfect mate. Well, they, they finally learned their lesson. <laughs> <laughs> they finally got. The, is it like because O'Brien was like, you know, he, he didn't have anything to do. He's like, I'm gonna finally go around to fixing that holodeck because I'm sure I'll be here forever. It's gonna be one of my biggest projects, and once I'm finished, man, they will promote me on this flagship so high. I don't know what I'm doing. So, <laughs> well, and you'd think, like, especially in an episode called Disaster, you know, <laughs> of anything that would be broken, it would be the holodeck. But no, it's like the only thing that's still working on the ship. <laughs> But yeah, you're right. There's no holodeck malfunction episode and no Q. Is this even Star Trek, guys? <laughs> Next what, what is going There's on? There's a continuing storyline. Mean, There's engaging character development. I, this, we must be looking at Deep Space Nine, guys. This is obviously Deep Space Nine. This can't be the next generation, <laughs> it's right? It's proto-DS9. Yeah. It, it is interesting, though, isn't it? Because it is, it is like smack right in the middle of what we would consider prime TNG territory. And no Q episode to speak of. No... no 
like like Philip said, maybe it's just that they were willing to just try different things and just just go for it because they had the success and the creative freedom to just do it. And uh, the season is really kind of a testament. To I that. mean, because to me, you also and I think I'm right in saying this. This is the first serious Loxana episode, The Cost of Living. Um, because yeah. Dark Page comes later, right? Um, and and so yeah, to me, that's an also like okay, this is our our comic character. I mean, for lack of a better word, comic relief character anyway. But this is like a serious episode for her about you know meeting this guy, and he's gonna has to go, I guess, commit suicide for lack of a better word, right? Um, once he each reaches the age of sixty, or was it fifty? I can't remember. But anyway, um, and so like it's a very serious Troy episode. So to me, that's experimental. That this character who you've been using one way, now you're suddenly gonna turn around and actually use her for more dramatic purposes. So. All right, guys, let's move on and talk about our favorite episodes, our highlights of season five. And you know what? This is going to be tough, I think. Um, There's a lot going on here. There's a lot. I mean, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go quickly uh, down the list, kind of. I'm not going to go all the way down the list, but I'm just, you know, we can skip Redemption Part 2. It's a great episode. We can talk about it if you guys want to. But, you know, it's just it's kind of closing that gap. It's just, you know, shutting down, you know. Uh, finishing up that story or picks line, up his great. pips, puts him back on. Well, because we help Galron, so he won't put us in a stasis field. <laughs> <laughs> Experience beige. And this is when Galron and Worf became best friends forever, <laughs> forever, and, and until he until. Well, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I'll just leave it at that. Our, our mocking laughter will speak volumes. <laughs> but let's talk. I mean, come on. Like, let's talk about Darmok. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's, 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 this is such a – I'm going to censor myself and say this is wrong. But I still want to say that I, my gut feeling is to say Darmok is just probably one of the quintessential Star Trek The Next Generation episodes. I feel like it's one of those episodes that even if you don't know anything about Star Trek The Next Generation – you know Darmok. Like, you, the, the, it's kind of even become a meme, like this whole thing. Oh, it's totally know. a meme. <laughs> and it's it's so classic, and it's so good. That episode is so good. Like, you know, I don't know. Well, well, the, to me, to this it? is our, and I, and I mean, just this is always bad to compare, but this is our, um, oh, God, I can't even think of the name. This is our Gorn episode of, like, the TOS. It's I mean, basically it, the Gorn episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously it's very different, but I mean, in some ways, you know, because I think what, can, Arena. What if they uh, work together in <laughs> Arena? Who did that's it better? Basically the no, setup. Anyway. But anyway, <laughs> but like Arena, you know, that's that's sort of like that that episode of TOS is sort of like you know the mercy and, and and even science and inventiveness. Of course, you know, hey kids, this is how you build a weapon um, using household materials. Um, and but I think when you have Darmok, obviously it's that's language, and you know, it's obvious. Yeah, it's I agree, Daniel. It's it's it, as a TNG person, I don't know what we call ourselves. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a definite like top ten, top five maybe. I don't know. I'd have to look at it. But anyway, yeah. Picard, can look around you. Can you construct a, a rudimentary lathe? <laughs> <laughs> Go for its weak spot. Go for its vulnerable spot. It's an energy being. It doesn't have a vulnerable spot. It's, Get off the line, the forge. <laughs> it's the cheap TV version of the Predator. It doesn't have a vulnerable spot. <laughs> yeah, no, Darmok, Darmok's really good, and it's... Uh, I mean, I just want Picard to tell me a bedtime story by the fire. That's all I want now. That's all <laughs> I want. Well, okay, that was – I like that part, but it's it's the only part where I really have to kind of stretch as far as the sci-fi because it's – I mean, we've established that their whole language is all about metaphor, but without context, it's like Captain Picard could have been telling a story when Bob met, you know – like when Harry met Sally? No, but the, not even that story. I'm just saying, like any, the, like the most random sounding thing ever, because it's like he's saying these words. Well, the, I mean, and it, well, that's what Darmok's. I mean, he knows that, or not? That's not his name. I, that's actually the story. It's that's what the I, alien captain. I can't remember his name. Um, that's what Paul Winfield. Um, 
Terrell? No, t- 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 oh, no, that's Captain Terrell. That's his, that's his character from Star Trek 2. <laughs> Paul Sorry. Winfield. He's everywhere. Um, <laughs> but anyway, because he's just like, tell me a story. Because I go, oh, you want to know? No, just tell me a story. Because, uh, I mean, that's what they talk about, like Juliet on the balcony. What, well, why is yeah. she on the balcony? And, that's and true. And why is a that's 14-year-old um, a love story? I don't know why. As long but as just the does. other words, the non-proper noun names mm. make sense, I guess it would make sense, yeah. No, yeah, and that's the, th- I mean, that's the beauty of that episode, because the premise is absurd and ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense under any normal situation. There's no possible way you would ever be able to learn, or that a, or even that a society co- I, well, can build you know, on metaphor without knowing the regular language of yeah. how to know that <laughs> exactly. metaphor. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it seems like completely contradictory that a society could function under those restrictions. Chaka. But, uh, whatever. <laughs> but whatever. Like, What did you say about my mother? <laughs> <laughs> You either buy into that premise or you don't, but I think the episode is strong enough, and that the, that the the you know everything that happens on the planet is is so good that you you're willing to suspend your disbelief in that situation, uh, and I think that's what makes it one of the classics. Is this? It's just like you're right. Of course, you know these metaphors would not make sense without context, but. It just the the episode works so right. well, you know, on on that level, anyways. And, and Darren, I think I agree that there's a big error. Um, no way that Captain Picard would quote uh, Gilgamesh. It'd be Shakespeare. Why would he even know Gilgamesh? <laughs> it just doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. Well, I I know a little bit of Shakespeare, and he gets like no recognition, and he's like, oh, that's right. He just he like keeps no naming all of them, and like he just keeps shaking his head, like Henry V, Richard the uh, Third. Uh, I, I think he should have been like make up his own stories. So then <laughs> Troy. And Riker, uh-huh. we're on again, off again. For... <laughs> Riker on the away team. On the away team. Troy. Troy and Riker in the bathroom. <laughs> Riker with no beard. Riker with beard. And then he's like, I like Riker with beard better. <laughs> Here, tell me that story. You know this is going to be a well, good what... story. <laughs> Well, one of my favorite episodes, and not probably for the reason you think, is uh, Cause and Effect. Uh, Uh, No, uh, it is not because it leads into one of my favorite stories, Ship of the Line. Uh, (laughs) But it is because it it actually is a a really well done time travel episode. And time travel episodes are actually really hard to do well. Uh, Often it's just, it's a gimmick or it's just added in. But it's the core mechanic of this story of you're in this repeat loop and it's you know i mean kind of funny because we're recording on groundhog's day uh but uh you know and every time that (laughs) picard wakes up he hears the you know i've got you babe on his uh, computer (laughs) so yeah until he wakes up but uh but it's a great episode and it's uh you know just from the way they shot it to the way there's like tiny little differences. And you'd think, Oh, watching the same thing four times, yeah. like would get kind of boring, but it, it doesn't, it, it holds up. Well, like to me, that that's, that's, this is a hard episode to, I'm sure sell when you were writing it or when they were writing it, because Guys, like, I'm going to write a fourth of a script and it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean like how to shoot it. Cause I think there may be some people who don't like cause and effect because it's, it's exactly what you said. Like, I don't want to watch the same thing three times. And to me, that's what makes season five so experimental. Like we're, we're just going to go for it. We don't, we don't care if, you know, um, we want to just try it something new because we can. And I, to me, I like it. Some people might not, but I think the challenge for the director who, I forget who directed that. I don't know if that was, Oh, was it Frakes? I was going to say, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for Frakes. No man was up to the task but Jonathan Frakes. <laughs> I know. I mean, with the beard. Everybody knows that if you have something where you just don't have a director, some sort of, you know, I don't know, project. I'm not, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. You bring in Frakes. So, oh, I don't uh, You know, I used to, I mean, I, I've always, you know, liked the episode. I never thought it was, I was crazy about it, but. The more and more and more, you know, I watch it and talk about it, the more I kind of, I can appreciate you're it. You're saying over it once. and over and over. <laughs> just say, you watch it five times, it's basically like watching it 30 times, so, you know. But, I mean, you know, as, you know, we all, we can all admit this, it's awesome to watch the Enterprise explode, that, that especially, is when it, especially when it comes back. Um, now, now, one, now, this is probably not, well, I don't know. I don't think it's a bad episode. I don't know how y'all feel about it. But Silicon Avatar, which is a sequel episode, right, um, from, uh, oh, goodness, Data Lore. Yeah, from Data Lore, Data Lore. Uh, which is season two, one? 
Yeah, season yeah. one. And for one. a surprise, Jada's not the old woman. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he? I think it was Jeffrey Combs. Um, but anyway. But yeah, so we have a sequel from season one. How about that? But So I don't know if people like Silicon Avatar <laughs> or not. Um, but I think it's a favorite moment of when Data does the son's voice. I mean, cause to me, I like the way they did that. I mean, the the sound quality where he like you know, there's that he's he intakes the breath as Data, and then starts talking as the other kid, and then you know the emotional of of the mom actress there, which I think is just so powerful and good. And and the ending too is is kind of a punch in the gut, which I think is very you know a, an odd ending in a good way, of like you know like oh no I think your son would have thought you did it wrong and then that's like credits roll and like so it's not a very yeah obviously happy episode um so i mean to me that I, I don't know if it's my favorite episode but it's a favorite moment of season five so would siliton avatar be considered proto masks i mean it's basically proved that brent spiner could do voices for multiple characters I, oh god <laughs> well, let's not get into that i actually think it's um uh it also has some parallels with the ending of farpoint mm-hmm but not um, parallels, parallels. Not not the episode parallels. No, no. We have not gotten that far yet in our season overview. We haven't gotten to the end of Enterprise yet. I mean, <laughs> sorry, wait, no, that's, that's a different one. Sorry, never mind. That's a different episode, yeah. Uh, no, but like, you know, the end of, I always like, I always like saw those as two sides of the same coin. Like uh, the end of, of uh, Encounter, we get, Q telling you, oh, shoot, 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 shoot these things. You don't shoot know what's going to happen. You can kill them. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then at the end of Silicon Avatar, they're like, no, 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 we need to communicate with it. But then they end up shooting it anyways. So it's like, um, there's a lot of really interesting things going on with Silicon yeah, cause, Avatar. Cause I think in some ways it's a controversial episode, quote unquote, that I don't know if a lot of fans or audience members think that like to to me that might be some of the things where you know TNG and Picard's like oh he's always so diplomatic like maybe some people see this as as a quintessential TNG Picard like oh he wants to be diplomatic with a thing that killed millions of people I mean why does it make sense just shoot it to kill it that's what we do on the other ones um, but so so I think to me that can be a, a debatable episode of of whether if that makes sense if it was a sense. computer Kirk would talk it to death yeah. and make it commit suicide so <laughs> right. So, but I still think it's Kirk could just speak at it with the frequency, and it would just explode. Yeah, know? yeah. I mean, you can also retitle that episode "What's the Frequency, Kenneth?" So, I think that's actually. <laughs> um, yeah. So, another episode, uh, real quick. I wanted to make sure. I mean, we talked a little bit about it, but uh, you know, I Borg. Uh, you know, I actually think I'm. I am kind of surprised at how at how how this seems to be overlooked in the quote unquote controversial episodes, right? This is the, and we've talked a little bit about this before. Um, I kind of see, I see Iborg as the anti descent. Nope. Nope. Oh, the deep space nine one. Oh, come on. You have to give me a little more than that. <laughs> <laughs> the big, there were the one, one or two DS nine ones. So, uh, <laughs> the, 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 only, yes, the only one was the Borg was the emissary. That's the only one I remember. No, 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 no not the Borg one, but the, um, I know. Oh my goodness! Are you guys. talking about like Tosk? No, 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 no. Give us context. An alien. Throw out a name. Is it one with the O'Brien? Which, which Dax? In it. <laughs> Is there a Paw the Wraith? One, come on! The one where Cisco lies the Romulans into the oh. war. Oh, um, in the pale moonlight. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. By the I, way, I see... audience, that's what Win Loser Draw sounds like with the Earl Grey crew. I was going to say, also, what some consider to be the best episode of DS9. Dana's just, just like pointing at a circle the on the pad. Time. Guys, it's that. No, no, I, actually... <laughs> I love that episode, and I actually do consider it probably to be my favorite episode of Deep Space Nine. Um, and I love, and I think that these are perfect contrast pieces to each other. I think that these are perfect. Uh, I think this shows the difference. Between Picard and between Cisco, Battle think, of the Balds. Uh, they both the Battle of the Balds. Right, that's a good one actually. Uh, that you know, it shows that they are different. I mean, we all, we don't need to know this. We don't need to be shown this. But we know. But they're very different captains, and they are kind of faced with similar quote unquote decisions. Um, and while I think uh, I understand why uh, Cisco's decision is controversial. Uh, I also think Picard's decision could be controversial, right? You could also say, hey, you could have saved Voyager a lot of trouble. <laughs> if oh, you, gosh. 
you know, if you had won through with your plan. Of course, I don't know how they would have gotten home, but... Well, imagine if Pulaski had been in this episode. Like, I could see her raising up some serious objections against Picard. I think... Are you sure? Because they're just machines. (laughs) She she wouldn't even know, like, do I call you Huh? Or Hugh? Or... (laughs) What is my name? What is my designation? And what is not? (laughs) Um... well, no, to me, because, I mean, point, there's, there's the point. commentary in dissent from Admiral Necheyev that said, you made the wrong decision. And Picard actually reflects that maybe he did make the wrong decision. You know, what did you tell Riker? Like, sometimes the moral thing to do isn't necessarily the right thing to do. Um, and, I mean, that's where Necheyev, like, orders, like, if you face this, uh, you know, situation again, you do, you kill them. You kill them with sticks. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, and... You know what? It, and I, this episode is so worth revisiting. Um, this is also quintessential first contact Picard. We get movie Picard in the series. Like this is no. Some people who go back and go back and watch that initial scene between Hugh and well, the I think it's the only scene between Hugh and Picard. I am um, the cutest go, of bulls. Yeah, I go back and watch that yeah. scene, and then watch First Contact. And you tell me that that man is acting out of character. There is no way that is that is the, that just makes sense to me. But I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that feels that way. Well, and of course, and I know Daniel, you talked about this on your ready room appearance about this episode. Like Guinan is uh, is this the only Guinan episode this season? I can't remember. Um, but anyway, that that it's sort of the controversial uh, of how she's cast. Time zero. Well, that's true. Um, Asterisk. It does is considered an episode. I mean, I know you guys want to erase it. No, it's it not. It's from not. Time, but you know, it is an episode. But uh, but like so, it's controversial for Iborg and Guinan because she's usually the good guy or girl or woman or whatever. But like this is where she's the bad person. She doesn't want to listen to Hugh. Yeah. So. Oh, the irony. Yeah, we should have had a, a Necheyev Guinan, you know, kind of argument at some point. That would have been awesome. Guinan would have like given her the finger. Oh god, I shouldn't say that. Guinan would have like <laughs> her the cat know, claws. <laughs> given her the claws. I don't know. I don't want to see uh, Necheyev's yeah. battle stance. It's probably something wicked cool. So. <laughs> uh, anything else? Any other episodes you guys really want to hit on? Uh, I think I've mentioned it when we've done our you know pick a best episode of every season episodes, but uh, I really like power play uh just it's a really strong troy episode i mean sad that it's not like her acting as troy but she acts it very well um but yeah but just you know oh yeah o'brien data and troy you know taken over by these you know (laughs) new zealand criminals (laughs) do i feel like there was like a character's dartboard there like we need to have three of them all right who's gonna be yeah Uh, (laughs) yeah it does it does seem really random, doesn't it? Like, I mean, later you get it's, it's the same dartboard that gave you Keiko, uh, um, Guinan. Oh, from Rascals, Picard, and yeah, uh, yeah the yeah. Rascals crew. Of course, it's all I don't know. Dartboard. As Daniel and I know from reading a certain book, darts is not a warrior's game. <laughs> but but I like this episode. You know, it's a strong uh, row episode. You know, she has a lot to do in it as well, and and it's they set up the rules. And then they play by them. It's, it, you know, they they don't, oh, well, let's just activate the whatever techno babble we just made up. It's like, no, it's like they, they're smart, they're fast, they've taken over our people, and they've secured their position, and we're kind of over a barrel. And it's it's a true test of Picard, and it's, you know, it's an exciting adventure. I mean, when they take them hostages to get to the transport site to do all the things they do. I mean, it's, it's really well done. It's a well-told story. So, uh, I, I, I enjoy it. Yeah. One, again, it's not my favorite episode, but a favorite moment of an episode in season five violations. Cause I mean, like, I mean, any episode that's like, Hey, here's an episode about rape. Eh, I'm not going to really be my favorite, but anyway, um, but the moment in violations is where you get the flashback of Picard and Beverly when Jack mm. died of of the moment that was mentioned all the way back in Encounter at Farpoint, when Wesley says he's the man who brought my father's Most body home. awkward way ever, Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> why why are you bringing this up now? Um, but anyway, but we get to see that flashback, um, you know, albeit somewhat alt- slightly altered, but we get to see Picard with a little bit more hair, right? Because um, we maybe all that know was the hair piece they wanted him to maybe wear in the pilot. Because we all against. know Picard had hair when he was younger. 
<laughs> but anyway, um, but we get to see but that. There is, but but so but not so young as Rascals, but not as old as Shinzon, right? Is that what we're saying? I, yeah, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then you know, and it's been a while since I've seen Ethics, but that's a curious episode. I mean, in a good way. Um, you know, the wharf, uh, you know, gets gets yeah, gets paralyzed, gets barreled eyes. He he gets his own barrel well, roll. When um, if you will, <laughs> it's it's really tough when you get hit by that styrofoam barrel. Right. It can it can lead to some pretty serious problems. Uh, which of course features another of Daniel's favorite characters in that. Um, uh, yeah. it, well, why didn't they just bring back that one alien that like turned into energy? Because didn't Worf die in that episode too? Like in the same place, <laughs> he did. in the he exact did. same yeah. place. And then he's just like, "Oh, watch! <laughs> oh, yeah, he's totally alive now." <laughs> you experienced like, good. Where was he? Yeah, <laughs> you experience beige. It falls on you, and then it's like low-level system <laughs> malfunction. Oh, it didn't kill you. Oh, don't. now you just have to have a complicated dialogue with your son. Uh, can I just yeah. die instead? Is that still a choice? Um, no. Take the challenge of the Klingon sword. <laughs> well, we get a good. We get a good. Um, I mean, whether people like that episode or not, we, a good moment is the Riker speech because we don't get oh, many yeah. Riker speeches. This is a Riker speech in Ethics with Worf, and and, and I know Daniel, you've mentioned this before mm-hmm. that the Riker Worf relationship really shows its head because Worf goes to his most trusted person, and that's William T. Riker. Well, and yeah. the very next episode is the Outcast where. Riker oh, kind of yeah. calls on Worf, and it's <laughs> by the by, calls Red and Red. <laughs> yeah, by the by, yeah, and and it, so that it makes even more sense where Worf's like, yeah, I'll totally kill someone, and put him in a sack for you, like, you know, or whatever, whatever. <laughs> like, Fill the details. <laughs> He's like, no, Worf, we're not killing him. He's like, oh well, just you gotta be give me give me. I'm a big picture person. Gotta give me the details. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's actually a really good point. That that's just like a, a one two of kind of their their relationship there. Well. And one, um, one more I'll throw one more out. Uh, hero worship. Um, again, I don't. Eh, it's been a while. Not uh, my favorite. But. Yeah, but but I do like it's a good data episode. Um, you get it, and I mean to me, you get you get some sort of another overused word, meta moments when like the the boy. Of course, you know we always forget the, the children's names, but when the the boy is sort of like you know. Wesley? <laughs> no, no. The boy? No. Um, where, where he's, like, doing, like, the Data head movements, movements, and Data's like, why are you doing that? He's like, because uh, you do it all the time. He's like, oh, I never noticed that. <laughs> he's like, right now you're blinking at that algorithm. I've totally matched it. Like, and I also, ah, I, I've always wanted the, the comb or the, that combination comb package he gives the boy where you, like, take the two combs out that apparently are automatically filled with hair gel and wet, and you just brush your hair back instantly. Yeah. I've never been able to do that, or at least when I had hair. So... <laughs> Uh, one last episode that I wanted to bring up that, that we we briefly touched on, but I think is kind of an important episode. Um, is the imaginary inner light, friend? Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. gosh! Believe it or not, it's not imaginary. <laughs> no, what so, the inner light? Right. <laughs> it's an important episode. Um, you know that. Uh, you know we uh, we should talk about it. it's it's. Why did it, you bring your son protection to talk about it? <laughs> Did you forget your sun protection today, Daniel? <laughs> it is the last episode of season five. There's nothing after it. <laughs> For the love of... No, no, no. That, that's, <laughs> There's nothing. The arrow uh... is actually part of... The... Anyway. And I know, I know, you know, we've, we, of course, you know, we're a TNG podcast. We're 70 episodes in. We've mentioned the inner light once or twice before. And I know, Philip, like, you're not as huge of a fan of the episode... <laughs> I mean, I did bring my piano just in case. We about it. Uh, yeah, Let's do it right now. Are, <laughs> but I think we can all recognize it's a really important Star Trek moment. It's, a, it's an important Star Trek episode that's, uh, uh, you know, I, I certainly think the, that the the entire uh, canon or whatever would be weaker without for sure. Well, like, it, it, well again, it's, it's an ambitious episode of what it's doing. And to me, like, to think about, like, Generations and the Nexus, like, this is the episode that, you know, f- for the past four and a half years, or I guess five years at this point, since it is near the end, we get what is Picard's, you know, relationships, really hasn't had anything stable, what's his feeling towards children, you know, we really, I think later, you know, he gets, he chills a little bit more, but until now, still not, but this episode where he rolls eyes, gets married, and has children, 
and grandchildren, really. And so you get to see that that sort of, I don't know, wish fulfillment is not the right word, but you get to see that side of Picard and how he handles that, what he's sort of been running, well, not running from, but has sort of not been, you know, going to the rest of his life. He actually has. Well, see, in, in my head canon, when he wakes up from the probe and O'Brien's there and he says, wow, really, sir, you, you, like a whole lifetime of memories in a few minutes. That's terrible. I'd hate to go through something like that. <laughs> so we've talked about the great stuff, guys. Uh, is there anything that kind of, you know, there's, uh, every season has its highs and its lows. What are we, uh, what are we not a fan of? Um, I mean, I can go first because <laughs> yeah. it's if, my if show it. today. So. <laughs> uh, actually, we mentioned, and I don't remember. Maybe you guys remember. I don't remember which one of us it was, but in our you know top three most forgettable episodes, you're one of three. So it's it's really all of us. We're all together. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It might have even been me. I don't remember. Uh, somebody mentioned the masterpiece society. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um. You know, not a gr- not a great episode. Not terrible. Of, uh, well, maybe it is. I, I did know, choose I by my own it. accord to watch it today. Did, did a, you plan on doing that, Darren? I was genetically. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was actually pre- pre-designed before I was even born. They knew on this day I was going to watch it, so that's why I was given eyes and ears so I could hear and watch it. It's amazing how that works. Well, if they knew, does that mean like there was a guy from FedEx who delivered you a letter because they knew you'd be watching? Are it you Darren time? Moser? <laughs> yes. Well, like one, one episode, and, and He's sorry, alive. To, sorry to break yeah. your rules, but we didn't really talk about Conundrum, which I also think is a good episode because it's also like yeah, everyone loses their memories. Like, do we really want to do that episode? Yes, we do. We're going to do it. So, I mean, McDuff, Data sir, at ten forward. I love McDuff. <laughs> Just, McDuff just is one of my name. favorite characters. Just the name. It's like yes. Scrooge McDuff or like, are you a, from Duckburg? Like, what is going no, on? All I, all I think about every single time I hear McDuff is Duff Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think about. And I love McDuff so, for that so reason. So he's walking around with like a six, the six-pack belt like, <laughs> the entire episode. <laughs> I just love that guy, that, and he's just there. He's just he there. Just, that's what's best. I know. It's, it's like, like the camera pans, and it's like, who is this guy at the back? And they're like, oh, that's Big Duff. And we're like, I feel like I should know who this is, but I have no idea who this is. What's Yeah, what's so great? Uh, oh, we should do a whole conundrum episode. It's not a great episode, but the fact that they, they tried to, like, they don't try to trick the audience because they know the audience is going to know something is wrong. We know that, but it's just like, that Riker won't let anyone else be a commander on this ship. So he's <laughs> obviously an imposter. I don't know. Judging by from what I'm wearing, I'm pretty sure I'm the captain. I am <laughs> I'm the most decorated. I just love it that there's this generic guy and he's like, I'm McDuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love it so much. Well, it's almost like he's, you know, like he didn't think of a name. So they're like, well, what's your name? He's like, I'm a... Uh, Wait, now Darren, Darren, conundrum. There are two commanders. (laughs) And that's and one's an imposter. That's how you know that he's an imposter. But yeah, I know we should talk about conundrum sometime. It's a it's a good one. Well, yeah, to me, like I feel like it was almost like well, you know, Riker's pretty much well, we haven't had the host yet, but we'll just pretend we have. It's like, man, Riker slept with every female cast member. Like but <laughs> How we, can we But we introduced Ensign Rowe, they hate each other. There's no possible way you could get them together, like, oh yeah. Is that the writing problem. <laughs> the How last can way we write a story where Riker and <laughs> The only way you could get them to the, together is like if you wiped all their memories, and that's never gonna happen. <laughs> and then they put it on the dartboard and then one day it was hit by a dart and it became <laughs> conundrum. Uh yeah, negative negative gay uh, episodes. Um, well, you've pretty much mentioned them. So, like, imaginary friend, I don't think is is notable. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's bad. It's just not. I just don't think it's memorable. Or you know, okay, whatever. Uh, well, I mean, guys, I you know, not a lot of negatives in there this is, season. No, there really is kind of hard. And I mean, I mean, not not that we're it's, like, oh, all TNG is great. I mean, we would say it. Like the game, I don't think is that great, but. But I, I will say, this is the season that has Waxana Troy and Alexander Rozhenko in a mud bath. <laughs> okay. I mean, that sentence No, right there. I mean, come on. Let's just stop <laughs> and just, like, dissect that statement. Because how ridiculous is that? 
Uh, it's about as ridiculous as thinking there's a 25 episodes only in this season, but uh, you know, <laughs> you know. Don't forget a naked Troy, uh, Lexwana at the end of the episode. Yeah. So. so she's what I don't know 70 at this point. He is what like I don't know seven. Well, at you this know, point? now that I'm thinking about this, I mean, this is I guess you know they're professionals, but like I mean, her her husband had just died like a month ago, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, it's interesting that, like, okay, she's she's still. I mean, she's still in Star Trek. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know, obviously, Majel. Um, uh, but I mean, like, what, how she was at that time. But like, to be like, oh, I mean, you know, Gene died, but hey, I'm I'm still happy to do an episode. Yeah, well, it's. It, I mean, I I don't know a ton about uh, Majel Barrett, but you know, just I know many people have said it way better than I. Just her impact on Star Trek and. You know, from TOS days to, you know, Loxana to the computer voice. I mean, I think that's just one of the, the greatest gifts Gene gave her was like, oh, you're always going to have work because I'm going to make you the voice of every time we need the computer on this show I have. Of course, and I don't know. Like, not, not to speak ill of the dead, but, you know, Gene, you know, known for doing a couple shady deals, you know, writing lyrics to a Star Trek theme that was never used so he could get the residue checks. He's like, Loxana, I'm going to give you, wink, us a way to get paid forever oh yeah no I, i'm sure that was totally it but shields down to 70 percent no one else can do that but you sweetheart or, or i also feel like maybe it was just like it was like compensation for like you know originally in like 1965 it's like honey you're gonna be number one there's no way they're ever going to take you off this ship. You're going to be in charge the whole... Okay. Well, um, it's either you or Spock, so I had to choose Spock. I'm sorry. The most awkward going-to-home conversation ever, right? But, uh, but yeah, but no, overall, it's just uh, there's... Even the low points, there are other... There are high points in those episodes. Yeah. In the low episodes. I mean, that's that's the beauty of season five. All 26 episodes of it. Got yep, 25 and a half episodes. <laughs> are a half? That doesn't even make even less sense. <laughs> <laughs> Look, D- Daniel, we know if anything, there's no way to avoid like that episode. We know that it has to happen. There's no way we can avoid and change <laughs> time. No, it's a closed loop. It does not have to happen ever at all. Not you even fool, once. Daniel. If you try to destroy <laughs> Time Zero... It'll simply reverberate back and destroy all of season five. <laughs> your own weapons will be your undoing. <laughs> it's a, it's a fixed point in time, now. Daniel. We oh, can't gosh. change it. There are certain moments in time. How, how many sci-fi groups are we pissing off right now? I just didn't even know. <laughs> uh. I, you know, I just I want to say, like, I don't know. And I feel like I'm echoing my sentiments from season three and season four. I, I just, I think, I'm sorry, like, season three, season four, season five is the most consistent, solid block of Star Trek episodes that we that we ever get. I don't know. Um, there's, a, there's a lot to say about uh, towards the end of, yeah. uh, of, D- of Deep Space Nine. Uh, I actually like a lot of the beginning of Enterprise. Like, uh, there, uh, opinions differ wildly, and that's okay, and I'm okay with that. The whole year of hell? I mean, that was a lot. <laughs> the entire year of hell, yeah, that we got to see. In those yeah, two we got episodes. to see. I mean, it was epic. It was a shame we only got to see like two hours worth of it. But it's a lot of editing. <laughs> but no, but 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 I don't know. Like uh, to me, to me, this is golden Star Trek. And and hey, guess what? You're on a TNG podcast, and we're going to be a little biased, and that's okay. No, well, season three. Don't worry, because I, mean, I feel like I keep waiting as we do these season reviews. I mean, I, I know I have my own early season views, but, like, three, I think we all agreed. Like, three, and then four, like, yeah, and then, like, even I was, like, five probably going to be when it goes down. No. But, like, we know it does go down, folks. We know eventually right. it's, it's probably six. But, like, a new, we, we know, like, episode, eh. like, 112, we'll finally eventually talk about, you know, season seven or something. <laughs> yeah. Like that, but. Like, we know Sub Rosa is waiting for us. We know it. <laughs> We know it. <laughs> yeah, we haven't we haven't gotten there, and it's just uh, you know, I, I just to me you know it is the 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 tr- the trilogy of fantastic seasons, and it's I certainly think, and I don't think you guys will disagree with me, is the best TNG has to offer. Three, four, and five back to back. You can only watch three seasons of TNG. Probably those are, those are your it's best basically best. Star I mean, Trek two, three, four. You know, they all go together. <laughs> watch them together. Yeah. No. 
I mean, it's an arbitrary restriction to place on yourself. Why would you only be able to watch three seasons? Of I mean, it's like as if there show. was some movie franchise, and I can't think of one, where like you would only admit that there's only three versions of it, and that anything that came after it, you wouldn't accept. It. I can't think of one. I'm sure there's there's no true fan. No true fan would do yes. that. Um, but that's that's my opinion, guys. I, I <laughs> but you I, don't have I to take do his view. word for it. <laughs> but down. I take season three, four, and five together. Uh, I, I think a lot of people group, maybe not those specific seasons, but that general area together. Maybe maybe some people are only like four and five. Or That's why your Blu-ray four. doesn't work, Daniel. You, I told you, you can't glue seasons three, four, and five <laughs> together and shove it in the Blu-ray player. I mean, it is not going to work. You know, it's common for three seasons. Like some people say, take TOS first, second, and third season and call it, that's the only series. You could do that if you choose. <laughs> I mean, or if you only want to take four that's seasons, low, or if you only want to take four seasons of Enterprise and call that a whole series. I mean, you can. But I mean, <laughs> this is, I just, I don't know. I just, uh, this is when Star Trek was on point, a hundred percent, you know, everything was, was just running smoothly on all cylinders. And I think the writers were just, they were excited about it. They were all, you know, all going forward. Uh, at this point, you know, <laughs> what could go wrong? No, no, well, I mean, like we, were, <laughs> we, we laugh, but like, I mean, really like, that's it. Like, dude, we should make a whole other series. And then we're going to make a movie out of the next generation, and like that's yeah. that's we're fixed for life, guys. Well, that's that's you know it's kind of a true point. Is like this is kind of where it splinters and it's it things separate and it it becomes like, hey now for those old enough remember it's like VH1 behind the music. It's like da da da, and then everything went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Could Star Trek survive in two series at the same time? This is like when we're Find living the high life with we parties go. and. Everything. I'm ready for my solo career, <laughs> man. I'm gonna go make my own Star Trek. Show. When did TNG get Yoko? Spider wants to play every role in a new series. <laughs> Will they let him? All right, guys. What about you? Uh, just just some final thoughts. I, I mentioned there how I thought about season five, but anything else that you want to say? Just you know, wrap it up and 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 say everything you have that you think about season five. I mean, I think Mark Twain is probably the best. <laughs> 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 it is a good Mark Twain impression. I am. I. I will be the first to admit that. Uh, but I mean, I, again, to me, I was surprised. Starship. Yeah, because I, I, like I said, and I'll say it for the fifth time in this episode. I was waiting for this to be the season where you know it gets a little, you know, fifty-fifty. Eh, but no, season five is still good. And so, like I said, this is this is a great season, as Daniel said, to rewatch. Oh, you probably want my two points. Um, yeah, no, it's. <laughs> I, I really like season five. You know, as we as we mentioned, you know, it doesn't have Q and it doesn't have uh, what was that other thing? Gene holodeck the breaking, holodeck. yeah. But you know, it Gene. it's a Gene. <laughs> 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 that is not what I was saying. Uh. But yeah, I really like I really like season five. There's a ton of great episodes. I think often if I'm just gonna you know dartboard the season as it were <laughs> and just uh there been a lot of darts pick, references in this episode <laughs> randomly pick something to watch i'll probably toss it at season five because i know wherever it's gonna land it's gonna it's gonna be good unless it lands on you know uh masterpiece society and i just move it up one and then it's you know we're good well as our audience members know because darren watched masterpiece society we actually make him um go all the way to the back of the room when he does the dartboard so <laughs> it's only fair because of uh, i don't know Ah, that's almost something that was picked up on a later Star Trek series, but I can't, can't really place what it is. Anyways, uh, all right, guys. Well, you know what? It's been fantastic talking about Star Trek, The Next Generation, Season 5. But it is not the only thing we've been talking about here on the network, so take a listen to what else you might have missed. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. Because it's it's actually legitimately trying to say something. Yes, it's very Star Trek. It may be the most Star Trek of all Star Trek. Yeah, it's definitely what I would point to as being, this is what science fiction is about. Earl Grey. Kovac will tell us to experience Bij sometimes, in which case we will draw the Bij card, Klingon word for pain. Is so, it birthday? It is, it is. It, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. To the journey! That's the one thing we could take from Homecoming is like paragraph one, Chakotay and Seven break up. That's for real. 
Yeah, they that shake happened. hands and go, hey, it's been fun. It's been nice. Thanks for the picnic. Eh, see ya. Commentary, Trek stars. Fair At this enough. point, like, they could say, yeah, why not? Star Wars crossover. I would, I would essentially say, fine. Both franchises are dead. Let's just sew them together and see what happens. Melodic Treks. One of the most well thought out alien races that you only see in one episode. Yeah, and the music is, is it's menacing without being over menacing, if that makes yeah. sense. Axonar, the official podcast. I think Justin Lin is a, is a fascinating choice to direct because the Fast and the Furious movies, even though, yeah, they're action, adventure, road race movies are really about a family the 602 club that's really cool though i mean i i think that is uh, a fantastic way to get to see just about any movie is, is kind of being able to watch it through a kid's eyes and that's what else is happening on trek.fm so you can check out all these shows and get in on the daily trek talk you'll find them in itunes stitcher tune in the windows podcast directory for xbox and zune or you can stream from the website basically you can find them anywhere just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. And if you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose send to show and, of course, select Earl Grey. These messages will be emailed to the three of us personally. Finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Our new listener discussion group is called The Babel Conference, found by typing The Babel Conference, of course, in the Facebook search field, so you can find us there. Please support our sponsor, Audible.com, who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice, along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trek.fm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and all of Trek.fm. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is through becoming a patron of Trek.fm. By visiting www.patreon.com slash trek.fm, you can choose among various pledge levels and receive rewards for becoming a Trek.fm patron. These rewards let you inside the observation lounge of our network and make it possible for us to distribute all of our great content. So please become a Trek FM patron and visit www.patreon.com slash trekfm today. I'm just going to say, Darren, his arms wide open. Darren on the Twitter. <laughs> Darren on the Twitter. His, his words limited to 140 characters. <laughs> Hashtag... <laughs> that was good. Hashtag Earl Grey. <laughs> oh <Username>, no! Username <laughs> Doctor Sci-Fi. I've encountered an alien species who can only speak in hashtags. Philip, when the walls fell. <laughs> Do the same joke. Wait, are you saying I'm the failure of this podcast? Is that what you're saying? Is that that? That's it, guys. Bye. I'm gonna go play this new game. <laughs> Screw y'all. Ah. Well, you 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 can find um, my my fireside chat, if you will, on Twitter. Uh, my username is NC Public Servant. That's NC for no campfire. Darren and Philip on the ocean. Oh, we left Daniel. <laughs> that's after this episode. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, this is actually yeah. This is Daniel's last episode. Uh, you will oh, wait, wait, wait. No, Daniel was the monster at Tanagra that we defeated. I guess so. Uh, the beast. <laughs> the beast. The beast interrupted uh, Philip the, and can, Daniel. You can, you can find the beast at Tanagra at One Up Dan, and that is the number one, not the. Word. How many people are left on the island? All right, guys. Uh, you know I'm off to do no big thing. I'm just going to reunite the uh, the Vulcans and the Romulans. So, whoop. <laughs>
We'll probably catch you guys all uh, next week, huh? Engage. Live long and prosper. Make it set fire.